0: Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons.
2: Hmm. Welcome. Kathy Emmons in the Word FM studios, joined by uh, new Mike, who's just given me food. That's why I'm just a little, you know, I'm just trying to get it together. I said to Mike as we were getting ready, you know, listening to the newscast and doing all the final prep for the show. I asked him, do you get hungry at four? Like, what is that? And you very kindly held up a, um, a bag of Jimmy Chips. Yes. Which I've never had, and they're delicious. They are. So uh, he said, apparently, by holding up the bag of chips, that he did also get hungry at four o'clock. And then he marched himself over here and gave me the rest of the chips. Mike, thank I, you.
3: I cannot eat any more. I mean, they're, they're really, really good, but I'm so stuffed. I had <sighs> oh. a 16-inch sub there today, and it was glorious.
2: You did not yeah. yourself eat a 16-inch sub?
3: Ate the whole thing. Come on. It was, yes. it was glorious. It was so good. It was what so good. What are you good.
2: talking about? What kind of sub? And then
3: I washed it down with those salt and vinegar chips. Oh,
2: my gosh. I got a,
3: I got a JJ BLT. Yeah.
2: Okay, I love a BLT. Yeah. It's 16 inches long? Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. Does it have cheese on it? Sure does. Provolone. Yep. It's really, really good. Did you and put I, mayonnaise on it? I was just going to say, I just yeah, I told him. I told him to put extra mayonnaise on that sucker. Yeah. It was... Like sixteen inches is really long. It is, it is. But I was hungry. I didn't have any breakfast. I, and, and, you know what? I never have breakfast. Okay. I'm terrible at that. I know it's the most important. No, no,
2: no. That's but, funny. You should bring that up because at five o'clock, yeah, on our show,
3: we're going to be talking about
2: whether you should eat breakfast or not. All right. Yeah, we're going to be gonna... ta- We're going to be talking about fasting. This is like one of the. It, it's an ancient spiritual discipline. Yeah. For those of us who are in the church, we recognize that. For people who are outside the church and are looking for like healthy ways of eating and good ways of losing weight, fasting is becoming num- one of the number one go-to ways to do it. I and,
3: better I better stick around and listen to this. Thing.
2: And, and it starts with skipping breakfast. Though so I didn't in the whole dieting thing, I, it didn't say anything about sixteen-inch hoagie. <laughs> that actually was not mentioned. Oh. All right. Is it too early for me to tell you, my Never. No. Your weekend has begun. Come on, We're doing the twist. Let's do the
0: twist. Come
2: on, you can do the twist in an office chair. Oh, yeah. That's why it's good. That's the kind of dance I can get behind because it's very basic.
3: Yes. I love it. I just hope I just hope uh, nobody is driving and trying to do this dance right now.
2: Yeah, it's not good it's, when you're driving. Yeah, Office not, chair is good. Yeah. Like driver's seat is not good. Anyway, happy weekend. A um, couple things to talk to you about. For um, It's um, National Ice Cream Sandwich Day. Yeah. Did you know that? No, I did not. Yeah, it. it's National Ice Cream Sandwich Day. I love them. And I love an I ice love cream them. sandwich, but you know I can't eat them. What? Because yeah, well, you know I want to fit in my pants. Oh, come on. Just one. No. No, that's see people like you drag down people like me. <laughs> it, you can't have just one. That's that's the problem. You cannot. Hold on. I'm I'm googling it right now because uh. I want to see what year the ice cream sandwich was invented. National Ice Cream Sandwich Day. Um, hold on. I'm looking it up. I think it was in 18 something. Oh, look at this article. So dumb. It doesn't even have where it started. The problem. I, mean, I need some history in this.
3: The problem with those are is they're just so messy.
2: Well, if it's hot out, you're done. Because by the t- by the time you get to the end, it's not even cold anymore,
3: let right. alone solid. And you can't you can't even put you can't even use the wrapper to like, you know, keep your hands clean because by the end of it No, the wrapper's a mess. And there's ice cream all over the right. place.
2: Yeah, you absolutely can't but
3: yet. the taste is worth it. Okay,
2: let me tell you this. The very be- Okay, I love your basic ice cream sandwich, you know the little milk chocolate biscuit yeah. thing that's delicious. But you know what is infinitely better? What's that? How about when is the ice cream sandwich uh between the two chocolate chip cookies? What? Have you never had that? You've no. never had the chipwich? No. <gasps> what? What is that? Listen, it's too big. Like, I mean, look, I'm, I'm holding up this the, a diameter that okay. is unhealthy really right now with my hand, so that Mike can see. Like this big, two chocolate chip cookies, and then the vanilla
3: ice cream is between them. I've never had any. <gasps> no, I never had that before. And
2: then on the outside, boring. on the periphery, there are chocolate chips. They're all like pounded in. <gasps> they, I can't believe you've never had one. They, I one. I, th- I believe they're called chip witches. They are so good. I just – i I'm looking at a photograph of them, and it's making me tear up. That is how much I love those things. Oh, my Where do you God. find those? Well, you can make them yourself, but there was um, – at Frank's Pizza um, – which has several locations, but there was the location that's closest to where I am is in the North Hills on Rochester Road. Yeah. They used to have some small bakery that would carry them. Okay. And they would just have them in there, so you could buy them when you went to get your pizza. Nice. It was the best chip which I ever had. Now, you can get the preservative-laden ones in the grocery store. Yeah. But I don't want you to do that because I want you to live I appreciate that. Okay. So so look for like a homemade one. Yeah. But, you know, you need a good amount of ice cream in the center of to course. make it, you know, you can't have like a little tiny. Right. Mm. Right. You know, it has to be like hearty in there. Exactly. And then yeah. you're biting into it and the cookies are soft. But then the ice cream is a little hard. And, oh my gosh, it is so good.
3: I need to write. Why do we always talk? Why I do we don't always know. have to talk I don't about know, food? Because it
2: just comes to me. It co- from four to six. Okay, okay I know, where it's, it's dinner time. It's not right. Okay, it's crushing so happy, me. Has, happy
3: ice cream sandwich day.
2: But <laughs> like, you should be hungry.
3: You just had an eighteen-inch hoagie. Yeah. No. Well, you're right. Good. I'm not hungry at all. Okay. But you would eat an ice cream sandwich if of I course. gave it to you. But okay. that's 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 the thing with dessert. You can hat. You can be stuffed, but. Throw can, ice cream, in you your can face. still you can still make yeah. make room in there. Oh, yeah.
2: Okay, so I'm going to get you not thinking about food because I saw this uh, this scam online, and I had to talk about it. It's Uh-oh. a scam that's not directed towards any of us. It's not like we're at risk. It's not like the stupid IRS thing or this person that calls me every don't you hate day that? to tell me that she's ready to forgive my student loans. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, not her. No, no. This is this is a scam that was perpetrated against Amazon, okay, by James Gilbert Quarteng, who lives in Palma de Mallorca, Spain. Now, you feel like if someone lived in a place called Palma de Mallorca, Major- they wouldn't need to swindle Amazon because oh, right. their life is so awesome. But anyway, he's 20 years old, and he's been arrested in a scam um, where he was returning stuff that he got to Amazon. Okay, so I order quite a bit of stuff from Amazon. I'm... Very busy. I don't have a whole lot of time. And Amazon, I know, is the giant that's like eating retail in the world. I recognize that. And you can send me all your negative emails about Amazon so that I can feel badly about myself. However, I very much appreciate the efficiency of the company. The ordering portal is the best of any place ever. And I really like the Amazon delivery, guys. And so I'm doing it. Anyway, so this do so I order a lot of stuff from Amazon, and and a thing I really like about it is if you order directly from Amazon, returns are free. Now you have to pay attention because if you're ordering from another seller that's not Amazon, that's just sold through Amazon, you're going to have to pay for your returns, right? Unless you take it to the very nice Amazon place in uh, on Boca on Bouquet Street or Atwood Street in Oakland. But anyway, the point is I've bought and returned a lot of things to Amazon, so that got James Gilbert Quarteng. Thinking, this is what he did. He would order something on Amazon, okay? And then he'd fill out the return request, you know, online. Yeah. And then he would fill a box with dirt. Oh, no. That weighed exactly what the item was that he ordered, okay? And he would package it up and he would send it back to Amazon. Then he would get his refund from (laughs) Amazon. And then he'd sell. On eBay, what he bought on Amazon. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He got um, $370,000 out of this. He made $370,000 packaging up dirt and sending it back to Amazon because here's the thing. He would return the stuff to Amazon and... In the warehouse, it would just sit around. People wouldn't open. So Nobody knew. Oh, my Nobody goodness. Nobody knew. It doesn't even say how long he was doing it. He had to have been doing it a long time to make three hundred and seventy right. grand. But it says the scam wasn't discovered until through a random search, <laughs> someone opened
3: a box and saw it's it was filled box. with dirt. What do you got over there, Harry? Can you? I got, I got dirt. I got a box of dirt. What do you have? Well, I got a box of dirt. <laughs>
2: I mean, that's a lot of stuff, $370,000. Anyway, so Expensive he's dirt. he's been arrested good. because he was trying to swindle Amazon. So I can't
3: stand scammers. I know.
2: So that's a horrible idea. Um, but you do have to give him points for creativity. Yeah, that
3: that is pretty smart.
2: I mean, you have to do that. These people are way the reason that they keep earning money is because they're way smarter than the average yeah. person because that's pretty good. Anyway, so don't try to swindle Amazon. That's the uh, that's the story I give you for today. Right? Okay. Just don't send them dirt. Keep that in mind. All right. Coming up next. Do you think God enjoys baseball? Yeah. Okay. Well, if he enjoys baseball, I bet he's not enjoying pirate baseball right now. <laughs> anyway, Dr. Richard Mao coming up next.
4: .5 O R D
1: playing Pittsburgh's favorite Christian music on the weekends with the best new, mu- new-, new-, new music new music from We Are Messengers Power We,
5: are, we got that
1: Rescue New from Lauren Daigle I will rescue you. and Citizen Way with the Lord's Prayer. Sing in The best new music and Pittsburgh's favorites. Brought to you by Nello Construction. 101.5 WORD on the weekend.
6: This is the Entertainment Answer. Actress Amanda Seyfried stars in the art of racing in the rain and reminds us why dogs make such great characters.
3: They just love you and they live in the present and we could all learn from that. That's a big, giant challenge for us humans to live in the present and they just do it naturally and it's a beautiful thing to watch
6: the art of racing in the rain rated pg for this entertainment for this entertainment answer i'm matt mungle
0: the backyard's looking great rob thanks man i was planning on adding a deck too know any good contractors why don't you just ask HomeAdvisor? home what homeadvisor.com you just tell them about your project and they match you with local pros that can do the job nice Now well, how much does it cost Oh, Home HomeAdvisor's totally free to use. Plus, you can read customer reviews, check pricing, and book appointments for free. What's the website again? HomeAdvisor.com. Or just download the free HomeAdvisor app. HomeAdvisor. Finding great candidates to hire can be like, well
9: ZipRecruiter.com slash free. You know social media can grow your business. What you need is a social media strategy. August 6th, the Pittsburgh North Regional Chamber presents the 2019 Social Media Marketing Conference from 8 a.m. to 3 p.m. Gain expert insights from Salem Surround, Yelp, and other local pros to help develop your social media goals, protect and advance your brand. Plus, hear little-known tips and tricks that'll make you a social media master at LaRoche University's Appala College Center, Babcock Boulevard. Reserve now at WordFMD.com slash conference.
2: So I know if you're hearing that song you think really these two still love baseball. I acknowledge it's a dark streak for our dear pirates. It really is. I get that. And we are but I mean we're finding a way to still love the to still love the sport. And the question really though isn't so much about baseball and it for sure is not about the pirates. But does God love stuff that's not done by Christians? I think that's the big thing. Mike showed me an article a couple days ago about these people that set up uh, teeter-totters at the wall, at the border between the U.S. and Mexico, right? So Or seesaws, however you want to call it. And so there were Mexican kids on one side of the seesaw and American kids on the other side. And they were just, you know, wasn't that sweet? Having
3: fun. That was so neat.
2: I love that. Um, I was reading just a couple days ago uh, when the president was talking about the September 11th Victim Compensation Fund. Uh, first of all, I think it's an awesome thing uh, that we're doing that we're compensating people Definitely. who were on that pile and they went back time and time and time again uh, to look for people who had survived and I mean, they were just absolute heroes and, of course, have suffered all sorts of medical issues since then. But you think about those people and you saw those people doing that. I looked at videos a couple of days ago and just brought all that back. Did you ever think to yourself, no, wait, are those responders Christians No, nobody thought that, right? They were just like, that's amazing that they are doing that. You think of all the people that ran up those steps into the World Trade Center when everybody else was running down, and you think, no, 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 those were heroes. Those were incredible people who were inspired to do incredible things. But I guess the question is, what does that mean from a Christian perspective? What does that mean about God? What does that mean about what the Bible says, that each one of us are profoundly wicked, that before we were saved, before Jesus found us, we were, the scripture says, dead That's right. in our sins, dead in our sins. So if we're dead in our sins, how are we capable of doing beautiful and good things? Well, we're going to talk about that with one of our favorite guests, Dr. Richard Mao. Richard is a renowned author and a widely traveled speaker. Former professor of faith and public life at Fuller Theological Seminary in Pasadena, California, where he served as president for 20 years and the author of numerous books, including Adventures in Evangelical Civility, Uncommon Decency, The Smell of Sawdust, and the newest, which is called Restless Faith, Holding Evangelical Beliefs in a World of Contested Labels. Richard, my friend, welcome in.
7: Hey, good to hear you're you're, uh, theologizing today. Wow, that's great stuff. Well, you know,
2: yesterday we were heavy into politics, and you know, it just sucks the life out of me, Richard. I just can't stand it. So today, let's move to the realm of theology, because there are so many questions to ask, as long as we don't go into it thinking that we as humans are ever going to be able to perfectly map out the creator of the universe.
7: All right. You know, it is important that when you say what you just said, we are talking about the creator of the universe. And if we go back to Genesis 1, uh, God uh, creates these things, and then it says, and he sees them, and then he says, that's good, you know. And there's God taking delight, appreciating the works of his hands. And Psalm 104 says, May the Lord rejoice in all his works. And then the question is, where are all of his works? And here, here's one that that, that I got thinking about a couple years ago when I was in China. I, I saw the, these uh, ancient pots that come 2,000 years before Christ, and they're called the eggshell pottery. They're finely crafted, very delicate little vases, and they have etchings, beautiful etchings on them, two thousand years before Jesus. No, no influence of, you know, uh, Jewish religion, God's revelation to the Jewish people, just China, two thousand years before Christ. And I, I ask myself, does God like that stuff? You know, and I think God looks at that wonderful artistic achievement, and God says, that's really good. You know. Yeah, that's that's one of the reasons why I created the world. And and you were saying, you know, even if we don't know they're Christians, I mean, here, here's a very ordinary thing. That right? bag is clean at, the, at LAX at the airport. And I'm waiting. And, and there's a couple there, they, uh, a family there, and they're holding up a sign. And they're obviously waiting for the husband, the father, a young couple, um, to, uh, a young a young father to come back from. And somebody mentioned Afghanistan. Mm. And he comes, and he's got bandages, and his arm is all, you know, in in a sling. And he's obviously been wounded in Afghanistan. And this little three-year-old kid just runs, daddy, daddy, daddy. And then the wife comes, and the three of them are hugging, and little kids just hanging on just arms wrapped around his father's leg. And I want to say, I'm so moved by that, you know. Now, do I know whether they're born-again Christians? I don't know. But I think God looks at that and says, that's good. The love of a child for his father, the love of a husband and wife, service to a country. Now, do I want to talk to them about Jesus? Of course I do. Yeah, But there's still lots of things that I think God takes delight in and God cares about, those seesaws on the border. I mean, what a wonderful thing. Mm It yeah. really is. Yeah.
2: <laughs> so what does that mean? That means that God takes... Okay, so the Scripture doesn't make any bones about it. I mean, we're dead in our sins. It's not like yeah. we're sick in our sins or we're not feeling yeah. well. It's just before Jesus came and regenerated us, we had nothing to offer. So yeah. how do people who... How are people able to offer things when it says that they're dead?
7: Well, you know, it's, they're, they're they're spiritually dead in the sense that they are incapable of bringing themselves to life in terms of eternal life, in terms of God's saving them. But they're still created in the image of God. And they still have that created imagery, you know, that created reality. And that does not mean that everything that they do is simply rotten stuff, you know? Mm -hmm. And so, you know, we have a, we have a theological term for this, a, a common grace that is, it's a, it's a grace that doesn't save, but it's the good favor of God toward human beings, uh, apart from questions of salvation. Uh, and so, you know, we we look at uh, ancient Israel. You know, Cyrus, this this pagan you know, emperor, but he was the Lord's anointed. Not did that mean that God saved him? God, it doesn't doesn't look like it. But he served the purposes of God for which God. Uh, I think took delight you know, that he did justice on behalf of God's people, and uh, the 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 person who emphasized the, the the radicality of our sinful nature, John Calvin, the great Reformation right. theologian, before he was himself a Christian, he, he studied law, and he he learned a lot from Seneca and Cicero, some of those ancient pagan writers. And even when he began to write as a Christian in his great classic work, The Institutes, he says, uh, we have so much to learn from these people. And he said, if we refuse to learn from these ancient pagan authors, we grieve the Spirit of God. Mm. Yeah? Now, that's that's an amazing thing for from a guy who majored in saying we're dead in our sins; We're totally depraved. And I think that's a mystery, but it's one. And so this is why I I, I, I do the baseball thing. And I'm sorry about the Pirates. I you really, should you know, be, because it's <laughs> awful. <laughs> you know, the year 2000, um, the January 2000, uh, Sports Illustrated did a, a, a cover story. Does God care about the Super Bowl? And they interviewed me for that. And, uh, you know, just got to take an interest in football games, uh, and we can say the same about baseball. But the the reporter said, "Yeah, I'm going to quote Reggie White." Now Reggie White was a big player for the Green Bay Packers,
4: that
7: and uh, he's he's with the Lord now, so I don't have to worry about arguing with him anymore. <laughs> but he 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 was also a, a black Pentecostal minister, and and the reporter said to me, "What would you say to Reggie White?" He said. Yeah, of course God cares about football. God loves winners, and hate, God hates losers. Mm. You know? And I said, boy, that's not the way I would see it. But I said this, when a when a quarterback throws a, a perfectly thrown 40-yard pass that is perfectly caught by, by an end, I think God looks at that and says, that's good. That's yeah. one of the reasons why I, I created this world, to see things like that. I agree. You know?
2: Yeah, I'm with you. And you know, Richard. uh, By the way, we're talking to Dr. Richard Mao, former president at Fuller Theological Seminary. We're talking about a book he wrote called "He Shines in All That's Fair." I got to tell you, Richard, I've never read this book, um, but I'm going to get it this week (laughs) simply because I'm just such a passionate believer in this. I I think that the humility that Christians can show by recognizing God's revelation all around them um, is just something that can't be matched. I mean, if you're looking to find a point of commonality with someone who doesn't yet know Jesus, finding those points of common grace is the place that I always start. It's a, it's a it's a it's a it's a beautiful song. It's a piece of art. It's you know watching a baseball game. It's something like that. I mean, these are the way we all all of us, whether we believe or don't believe, we're living in the same. Be- beautiful creation. We're made by the same God. We have so many commonalities. They should always be bringing us together toward conversation together so that we can share the fullness of what we know in Jesus. If we don't have those areas of commonality, what do we have?
7: That's right. That's right. Exactly. And of course, that's why you go to a pirate game. You're not sitting there saying, well, I I know that that third baseman he's going to come up next inning and I know he's a boring Uh and I'm just going to wait and see. What he, no, you 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 watch each play as it comes and you applaud for a, a a a strikeout that's been well well pitched. You applaud for a home run uh you know and uh, we, we need to we need to, and and then we need to think we think God to, is it cares about those things, and it's it's very simple. The, the the little kid in kindergarten who draws a picture or writes a poem uh, that there's something there that is, is one of the reasons why God created the world was that there would be good poetry and there would be good art and there would be good athletics and good relationships, and uh, and you know it gets complicated. I mean. Uh, I know a Christian psychologist. Uh, She's a devoted, born-again Christian, but she counsels non-Christian couples. So this couple comes to her, they're gonna get divorced, but they've agreed they would have a couple of counseling sessions before they actually went through with the divorce. Uh, They're into their eighth session, and it's not gone well, and then all of a sudden, the guy starts to cry. And he says to her, "I've, I've hurt you so deeply. I'm so sorry. Can you ever forgive me? And she reaches out, takes his hand, you know, and they begin to repair their relationship. Now, she's not advertising herself as a Christian counselor, you know. Yeah. She can't get out the Bible with them at that point. But does is God pleased when when there's this moment of of penitence of of yeah. forgiveness and i'm going to say we you know we need christian psychologists out there doing those yeah. things and it is an evangelism and we shouldn't reduce it to event evangel- although that is so important you know but there are those moments those wonderful moments in human relationships quite apart from salvation yeah. where we want to say that's a good thing you know so that when they Prime Minister of Egypt, many decades ago now, got on a plane and flew to Jerusalem after thousands of years of hostility between Egypt and Israel, and hugged the Prime Minister of Israel, a, a, a Muslim and a Jew. I I still think God looks down at that and says, "That's good. You know, that's the beginning of something that that I I love and I care about."
2: And isn't it wonderful, Richard, to be surprised to see, to see I just you know if we I just love those moments when I'm reading a book and I turn a page and all of and I think, oh, wait, that's the gospel. I didn't expect to see it here that's right you know it's yeah. it's, it's it's a wonderful treat to be delighted to see that the message of God is everywhere in creation and it's just it's really it's just waiting for us to see it that's dr. Richard Mao. Richard, thank you so much, my friend
7: hey, it's great to talk to you and uh, I'm glad glad we chatted about
2: this today. I am too. We're going to do it again next time. It's time
1: to stand with Israel. Consider the lifelong impact of joining nationally syndicated media hosts, Dennis Prager and Mike Gallagher, along with Word FM, on the Stand with Israel tour this December 2nd through 11th. More than a vacation, this journey will guide you through centuries of faith and culture as you visit iconic places right out of Scripture. Along the way, your hosts will broadcast on-site while you watch and participate. Together with like-minded travelers, you'll see over 40 iconic sites during the 10-day tour where you can pray at the Western Wall in Old City Church. Jerusalem, float in the Dead Sea, and take a boat out onto the water of the Sea of Galilee. Have you ever wanted to walk inside the garden tomb? Register today for the Stand With Israel Tour this December 2nd through 11th. Just visit our website for more details and registration information at wordfm.com Israel. That's wordfmcom slash Israel.
9: What you want is awesome new flooring at a great price. What you don't want is to spend hours at a showroom looking for it. With at-home flooring, you won't have to. At-home flooring is where awesome happens and their family's been bringing awesome straight into Pittsburgh homes with top quality hardwood tile carpet and vinyl for over 50 years with their free shop at home experience along with great selection and professional installation so forget the showroom and schedule a little bit of awesome instead visit at hi i'm john henny
1: from henny jewelers since 1887 my family has helped people celebrate the most memorable moments in their lives we are rooted in faith and commit to doing the right thing again and again We believe in the covenant of marriage and use our To Have and To Hold program to encourage couples as they prepare to spend the rest of their lives together. Please stop into our Shadyside store to learn more or visit HennyJewelers.com. Henny Jewelers, your
9: jewelers for life. Washington County parents, you have a choice in your child's education. So why not consider a private Christian school that's been serving the community for nearly 40 years? At Central Christian Academy in Houston, pre-K through 8th grade students receive the comprehensive education they need to propel them to the top of the class in high school and beyond. Central Christian Academy creates model student leaders other kids look up to students prepared for a world that needs Jesus. Schedule a private tour and learn more at CCASchool.com. Nobody should have to pay for one size fits all insurance. Liberty Mutual customizes your coverage so you only pay for what you need. Go to LibertyMutual.com for a customized quote and you could save.
10: Liberty, Liberty,
0: Liberty, Liberty.
11: Hi, this is Brad Marshall, General Manager here at Salem Pittsburgh. If you're listening to my voice right now, you're a listener to our station. If you love this station and you have experience in sales, we'd love to talk to you. You already understand our Mission and what we do. So now maybe you'd like to join this team. If you have sales experience and understand digital marketing, we might have a job for you. Call me and we'll discuss the next steps. Call Brad 412 503 4770. If you love us, come join us. It could be a life changing opportunity for you. You'll never
12: know unless you call. For tonight, we'll have a shower and thunderstorm around through the evening. Otherwise, it'll be partly cloudy with a low 65. Partly Sunday tomorrow, the high will be 83, a decent August day for most, but in the Laurels there could be an afternoon thunderstorm. Hanging to clear with the low 63 tomorrow night, then uh, Sunday looks pretty good. We'll have a uh, partly sunny sky, and the high will again be 83. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm meteorologist Frank Strite.
6: Baby, my heart could still fall as hard at 23.
2: How in love in I love that song. Ed Sheeran's Divide tour Maybe will set the all-time sure highest grossing tour record with tonight's show in Hanover, Germany, which, by the way, is a lovely city. I was just in a couple weeks ago. Pollster forecasts that the total gross up to this point. Are you ready, Mike? I'm ready. Seven hundred and thirty-six point seven million dollars. What? Seven hundred million dollars. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That will top the previous record of 735 million set by wait. U2. Oh, 2000- I was gonna, I was oh I'm guess. sorry. You were going to guess. I was going to say John Mayer. No. He was U2. Right. No, it was I'm U2. Surprised. 2011. How about that? Yeah. So listen, so this tour he's been on, Ed Sheeran has been on, started in March of last year. Wow. He has been touring since March of last year, and it will end on August 26th of this year. He did 893 days of touring.
3: That's a lot. That is a I lot. I mean, that
2: is really, really sickening. That's I mean, just, that is absolutely amazing. Um, so the, his attendance so far, um, not including the Hanover tour, which or the Hanover concert, which is tonight, uh, 7.3 million people That's have seen Ed Sheeran. Who I'm sure is terrific live. If you've seen him do any of his stuff live at the Grammys or the Emmy, yeah. I think he did at the Emmys one year or two, he's just really wonderful. His song that he wrote, which is only available, I think, on the album, it's one of those things you can't buy the single of. He wrote a song about his grandparents meeting. It is... <laughs> A delightful song. Mm. I just absolutely love it. Anyway, so Ed Sheeran uh, all-time highest grossing tour record. Uh, Also another big day in music because it's uh, the birthday of the great Tony Bennett. Oh the good
0: life full of fun seems
10: to be the ideal Mm, the good life Lets you hide All the sadness
2: you feel Happy birthday to Tony Bennett 92 years today wow. Of the good life You won't really Fall in love For you can't take
0: a chance So please be honest with
10: yourself, don't try to fake
3: romance,
0: it's the good
3: life. 101.5 WORD.
1: Coming up on Love Worth Finding. Paul said you can't even compare the glory that we will receive with the suffering that we now know. He's going to turn every tear to a pearl, every hurt to a Hallelujah and every defeat into a victory and every calvary into an easter when jesus comes if you're going through difficult days listen to adrian rogers uplifting series under the great physician's care this month on love worth finding tonight at 11 on
5: 101.5 word do you find yourself struggling to get comfortable while trying to read or watch tv in bed consider an adjustable bed from the original mattress factory and elevate your sleep experience Raise your head and feet to the zero-gravity position to help relieve joint pressure and provide optimal comfort. The Original Mattress Factory offers two models of high-quality adjustable beds at an excellent value. Both models are designed to pair perfectly with an Original Mattress. Visit an Original Mattress Factory location near you to find the perfect adjustable bed and mattress for you.
4: Sleep impacts your ability to focus, learn, and solve problems. But according to Harvard Medical School, only 11% of American college students are sleeping well. At the Original Mattress Factory, we can't guarantee that your college student won't stay up until 3 a.m. cramming before a big exam. But we can provide a hand-built, high-quality mattress at a factory-direct price when they are finally ready to get some rest. Visit an Original Mattress Factory store near you or go to OriginalMattress.com to learn more.
9: Providence Presbyterian Church, Washington Alliance Church, Bethlehem Lutheran Church, St. John the Baptist Church, Impact Christian Church, The Bible Chapel, What do all these churches from various denominations have in common? Nello Construction. Design and build with one company. Nello Construction. Full service construction from the ground up. Renovation. Expansion. Nello Construction. The choice for churches. See the projects. Begin the journey at nelloconstruction.com. You know social media can grow your business. What you need is a social media strategy. August 6th, the Pittsburgh North Regional Chamber presents the 2019 Social Media Marketing Conference from 8 a.m. to 3 p.m. Gain expert insights from Salem Surround, Yelp, and other local pros to help develop your social media goals, protect and advance your brand. Plus, hear little-known tips and tricks that will make you a social media master at University of Hella College Center, Babcock Boulevard. Reserve now at wordfm.com conference.
8: At Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville, find extreme accessories for all your dirty jobs, like hauling landscape supplies. Protect your vehicle with spray-on bed liners, tonneau covers, weather tech floor liners, and more. Say goodbye to dirt and grime inside and out with extreme detailing. Plus, lift kits, electronics, and remote starters. Always a favorite. Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville, For the extreme in all of us at extremetruck.net.
2: I bet we get, I don't know, at least one book between John and I every week that's just sent to us by a listener. Um, This is a book that I've been working on. What do you think of it? Um, You know, this is a book that my mom's been working on. What do you think of it? You know, the problem for John and I. Is that we don't have enough time to read those books, and I'm, you know, I'm sorry for that. So if if you're a person who sent us a manuscript and you think, boy, you know, I never heard from John and Kathy, we just our schedule just doesn't allow us to do that. But the, just the number and the frequency with which we get books helps us to recognize that a ton of you. Um, have stuff to say. And you feel like there might be a book in you somewhere, but you just don't know how to go from the stuff that's in your head to a printed page. And I know someone who has taken ideas and put them on the printed page multiple times and had a lot of success. And we're always happy to have Dr. Karen Swallow Prior with us. Karen's professor in the English department at Liberty University and a senior fellow at Liberty University Center for Apologetics and Cultural Engagement. Her latest book is on reading well, finding the good life through great books. Karen, welcome back. How are you, my friend?
13: Good. How are you?
2: Well, now, as I said, your latest book, that's your latest book you've written on your own. Tell me the name of the book that you've written, you've co-written, that you were the co-editor of.
13: Yes, I was I was co-editor of a just-released volume called Cultural Engagement, a Crash Course in contemporary issues. And I think I was on a couple of weeks ago to talk with you and John about that. And yes, that was my, I, I do have a couple of essays in the book, but it was also my first time being an editor of a book. And that was quite um, challenging and fun.
2: Okay, well, let me tell you parenthetically that I've been carrying the book around for the last week in my uh, backpack with my computer. I'm really enjoying it. And the sad thing is that I still couldn't think of the title. Even though I've been carrying it around for <laughs> it's seven a long days. <laughs> The title just escaped me and that's just, that's the life I'm living, Karen. All right. So um, you heard what I said about how many manuscripts uh, John and I get on a weekly basis. And so I recognize that this is a, a hunger that people have is they, they feel like they've got a book, but they're just not sure how to make it happen.
13: Yeah. And, you know, I, I think so many people think that the writing part is hard and it, and it certainly is. I, I can attest to that. But if you actually want to get your message out to people, um, whether it's even self-publishing or getting a publisher, if you want people to read your message, you actually have to spend a lot of time building an audience, building trust in people so that they actually want to hear what you have to say. I mean, if you if you just put your words on a page, which is quite an accomplishment in itself, um, if you haven't done that, if you don't have an audience, if you don't have people who who want to know what you have to say, then you might as well take that ream of paper and stand on a street corner and say, here, read this or, or send it into your show, right? right? Because We're also we have to actually know you a little bit or trust your authority or expertise before we're going to drop other things that we're doing and read what you have to say.
2: Right. And that's normal. And that's a hard thing for um, for people to hear, I think, because if they're a writer like you are, they already feel like they have something to say. And so being confronted with, you know, I need to know more about you before I'm going to invest time reading in your book. That sounds kind of harsh.
13: Well, you know, I, yeah, my students uh, will attest that I am a little harsh, <laughs> um, but it is it's a it is a harsh reality. I mean, all of all of us do have things to say, and we all have stories to tell, um, but that is not the same thing as convincing people to listen to our stories. Right? Um, I mean, you know, we all we, we, if we sit down to the television at night and to our you know, five hundred and sixty seven channels. Um, And we flip through them. We're lucky if we find one thing that we want to invest our time in. So, you know, I think we all understand that, but it's just we think it's different when it's us because we know the story. We think everyone should hear it. Well, you know what? We've got to convince people that this is a story worth their time or, or an idea worth their time.
2: Okay. so that's the first thing is convincing people that it's an idea worth their time. What about the getting known part, which is frustrating because, you know, I'm sure people feel like, well, I can't, this is the way that I want to be known, but I can't get my book published and no one's going to know me. And so it's this, you know, defeating cycle.
13: <laughs> right. I mean, and so what I was talking about before, it, it the audience, I mean, a lot of people talk about platform and that's a word that scares people. And I think it also misleads people. So I like to use the word platform audience more because audience is it's not the entirety of platform but it is it is a big part of platform um and so if you want to because I, i guess if we think of a if we take the metaphor and make it literal i can build a platform and stand on it but that's not going to bring people to hear me um what's going to bring people to hear me is developing those relationships, the, the network, um, talk, talking to someone about my ideas or letting them see my writing over years. Uh, and then pe- then people, by the time you get stand up on that platform, um, enough people know you and are interested in what you've been talking about to them for a long time or writing you know on your blog or other people's blogs. Uh, or in social media, then when you put up that platform and stand on it, and again, I'm speaking metaphorically, um, then they will want to come in and hear it because they've already learned a little bit about you and your message. Right. Okay. So how
2: does someone who is yet unknown become known? Is that be having a blog site? Is that social media? How does that happen?
13: I mean, there are so many ways that it can happen. It's, it's not, there's not a formula. And for about 10 years, about 10 years ago, um, having a blog was, you know, was successful for a lot of people. That was the way to do it. Well, then so many people did that, that, you know, then that became a, a less um, successful way of doing it because there were so many. So a blog is a way of doing it. Social media is a way of doing it. Um, you know, writing in Uh, small publications or other people's blogs, just getting your name out there in small ways is not only a way to build platform and audience, but more importantly, it's a way to hone your craft and your message. Mm, A lot of people just want to blurt it all out on the page without any sharpening or feedback when we actually need that feedback, Just just like a conversation, Uh, When we talk to people, we see their facial expressions, they nod or they shake their head or they say, excuse me, what did you say? And then we correct and, and hone our message. That's what all these years of blogging and tweeting and sharing things on smaller venues can do for you as a writer.
2: Dr. Karen Swallow-Prior is with me, professor in the English department at Liberty University, author of On Reading Well, Finding the Good Life Through Great Books. Karen, one thing I can say when I get when I receive a self-published book is that off. I mean, I pull it out of the package and I can tell you that it's already at least 25 percent too long. Uh, So talk about the value of learning to cut your stuff.
13: Yeah, you know, again, this, I, I deal with this even as a, as a professor and getting student papers. Um, you know, I have a certain required length usually, and oftentimes people will, you know, students will fill that length, but much of it will be repetitious or off track, um, just repeating the same thing in different words. Uh, you know, writing is not something that we actually do naturally, and so when we put ourselves out on paper often for me, especially, I have to revise and edit something multiple, multiple times, but many, many times before it can be, you know, as close to, to good as I can get it. And, and a lot of people have this romantic idea that, you know, that you just kind of wait for the muse to inspire you, you spill it out on the page, and that's what it what it is. But like anything else, writing is a craft that takes yeah. honing and revision and work. And a lot of people that's that's the part they want to skip right it's the
2: slog i mean i hate to say it but it just is i mean i i i have never written a book i never felt the need to write a book but i have to obviously anyone who's in broadcasting has to write for a living and it's every time i sit down to write i don't want to write every single time and you'd think after doing it as long as i have i'd start to like it but it's just it's hard it's like anything else it's like going to exercise i never want to do that either
13: Right. And exercise is a good analogy because it's it's just kind of, you know, doing that same thing over and over, getting the words on the page, re- improving them, refining them. You know, it, it's it's tough, it, you know, and there are those moments of inspiration. But for me, those are just like passing moments. Most of it's just, you know
2: work (laughs) right it's just work so rejoice in the passing inspiration and be glad when it hits but don't rely on it as dr karen swallow prior check out the book on reading well finding
6: the good life through great books it's absolutely terrific much more coming up on today's ride home 588.
9: How does Eden Christian Academy prepare students for success? Through education that ignites the mind and inspires the spirit from pre-K through 12th grade through 47 state-certified full-time teachers and opportunities in sports, the arts, and service to the community with results like SAT scores 200 points over the national average. Schedule a tour at any of Eden's three North Hills campuses and see what the area's largest non-denominational Christian school has to offer at EdenChristianAcademy.org. Ever wonder why Europeans speak so many languages? Maybe it's because they use Babbel, the number one selling language learning app in Europe. Babbel's 10 to 15 minute lessons and award-winning technology can have you speaking Spanish, French, or German within weeks. I always thought I was bad at languages, but after using Babbel, I can tell you I was just taught the wrong way. Now, try Babbel free. Go to babbel.com or download the app. That's Babbel, B-A-B-B-E-L.com or download the app to try for free. You know, they say the best is yet to come.
10: an initiation fee or a club membership, but not the word Fm discount shopping club No, in our club you save as much as half, half of home improvement services, web design, family entertainment, music festivals, and much more. all from the comfort of your computer or smartphone. Log on now to wordfm.com slash shopping and God save
2: the green. elevator music for your friday on the ride home we usually talk about you know days to celebrate national day of this national day of that there's one that i missed i'm a couple of days off and i'm glad because it creeps me right out talking an elevator day was july 26th <laughs> okay now i have zero interest in talking to anybody on an elevator Now, I mean, if I'm in the elevator with you, Mike, or like, I mean, it's not that I don't want to talk on an elevator ever. It's not I don't want to enforce like silence, but I don't. I'm not there to meet people. I don't need a friend on an elevator. Okay. Um, a new study found that 66% of people don't want to talk while on an elevator. Well, I can't believe 66% is. I can't believe it's not 96%, because anyway, surprising. This company, Thyssen Krupp, which is a German company. They have done some research into this and they have supplied questions that they think we should ask one another because they said that there are 7 billion elevator rides that happen each day and that we are missing out on opportunities to connect.
3: What are you going to say for like
2: 30 seconds? Get ready. These are the these are the questions they've suggested. What are you going to talk about? They have them segregated according to how long your elevator ride is. So if you're going only oh up to the first floor, there are certain <laughs> questions, you know, et cetera. But if you're going up to up eight floors or more, there are other questions. Oh are you goodness, ready? Yeah. Let's Let's start with your a short elevator ride. Okay. These are the questions. How's your day going? Oh jeez. What are your plans for the weekend? Do you have any holiday plans coming up? Can you imagine? Anyway, okay, you're going up to the second or third floor. So
3: where did you grow up? <laughs> <laughs> That's like creeper talk. That's... What's your proudest moment? <laughs> what? What? No.
2: Going to fourth or fifth floor? If you had to pick a new name for yourself, what would you pick and why? <laughs> oh, my goodness. Wait, what do you daydream about?
3: What do you daydream about?
2: Mm-hmm. Now, if someone asked me on an elevator at what I daydream about, I would be like <laughs> climbing up through that opening
3: in the ceiling and riding on yeah. the top. I'd immediately whip out my phone and act like a Exactly. On... If you're going to the sixth or seventh floor, what is top of your bucket list? Oh, my goodness.
2: What's the best piece of advice you've ever received? Wait, are you ready? Yeah. Have you ever kissed in an elevator? What? 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 That's That's like sexual harassment right there. That is wrong. This is is a horrible strategy. I can't (laughs) face and crop elevator.com. Oh, my gosh. Good heavens. Okay, if you're going up to the eighth floor or higher, these are the questions. All right. Do you think an elevator can read your thoughts? (laughs) (laughs) Which is super creepy. It is. What are you grateful for oh man and this is my favorite
3: what's missing from your life <laughs> <laughs> like you would tell that you would t- yeah, it, this is unbelievable this, it, what's missing from your life Hmm. yes yeah let me let me talk to you stranger about what's it missing is, in my it life it is
2: so in it a span of like a so minute and a
3: half weird that's super weird they
2: say that As I said, 7 billion elevator journeys happen every day. If each journey lasts an average of 30 seconds, those 66% of people spend 38 million hours in silence each day. That's a lot of wasted time. Listen, if you work here in Parkway Center and you want to say hi on the elevator, I would be happy to say hi. But if anyone ever asks me what's missing from my life on an elevator... I'm going to turn around and face the corner and put a hat on. That's hilarious. Because that's just wrong. That's wrong. I mean, I know I'm an introvert, but anyway. Coming up on our 5 o'clock hour, the fasting cure. If you're thinking about considering that for your spiritual life or for your dieting, I'm telling you, it's no fad. Also, what we can learn when public figures fall. That's the 5 o'clock hour with today's Ride Home.
3: sharing the
4: word that changes the world. 101.5 WORD-FM, Pittsburgh, a service of Salem Media Group.
1: With SRN News, I'm Keith Peters in Washington. President Trump's pick for the director of national intelligence has announced his withdrawal from consideration. President
12: Trump has withdrawn the nomination of John Ratcliffe to be the director of national intelligence. Ratcliffe says he was humbled and honored. To have been considered for the position, the president says he will name another nominee soon.
1: Correspondent John Scott, President Trump said there was too much resistance to the nomination. I
10: think he would have had great Republican support, probably would have had no Democrat support, which would have been nice to get some, uh, but
9: I think he would have done fine. But it would, have been a long, it would have been a long, hard slog.
1: On Wall Street, the Dow down by 98 points, the Nasdaq dropped 107. And the S&P 500 was lower by 21. An arms treaty signed by President Reagan and Soviet leader Mikhail Gorbachev is now null and void.
3: This is SRN News. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, driven by Colusi Chevrolet, serving the Pittsburgh area for over 100 years.
6: This is the entertainment answer. Writer Garth Stein says much of his book, The Art of Racing in the Rain, which is now a big motion picture, comes from real life.
5: All the things in the book and in the movie are real aphorisms. So all these sorts of lessons that the track teaches us, we apply on the track. And my friends and I would sit around and we'd say, you know, if we, could, if we could apply the rules that make you better as a race car driver to our own personal lives, we'd be really good people.
6: The Art of Racing in the Rain, rated PG. For this entertainment answer, I'm Matt Mungle.
0: The backyard's looking great, Rob. Thanks, man. I was planning on adding a deck too. Know any good contractors? Why don't you just ask HomeAdvisor? Home what? HomeAdvisor.com. You just tell them about your project and they match you with local pros that can do the job. Nice. how much does it cost? Oh, HomeAdvisor's totally free to use. Plus, you can read customer reviews, check pricing, and book appointments for free. What's the website again? HomeAdvisor.com or just download the free HomeAdvisor app.
10: Let's say you just bought a house. Bad news is you're one step closer to becoming your parents, which means you're going to start telling your kids to clean up before the cleaning lady comes. Doesn't make sense, but you're the parent and they're the kids. You're going to start telling them that now, too. Good news is it's easy to bundle home and auto through Progressive and save on your car insurance. And there's your opening to remind them who pays the bills around here. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company, affiliates, and other insurers. Discount not available in
9: all stages situations. What you want is awesome new flooring at a great price. What you don't want is to spend hours at a showroom looking for it. With at-home flooring, you won't have to. At-home flooring is where awesome happens. And their family's been bringing awesome straight into Pittsburgh homes with top quality hardwood, tile, carpet, and vinyl for over 50 years with their free shop at home experience along with great selection and professional installation. So forget the showroom and schedule a little bit of awesome instead. Visit at
8: homeflooringpgh.com. Recent storms have done a number on Pittsburgh's homes and businesses. If you've had damage to your roof, windows, siding, or gutters and downspouts, you may be eligible to get them replaced or repaired free of charge. All you have to do is visit windowsruspittsburgh.com for a free inspection from one of their highly trained appraisers. With over 50 years in home remodeling, Windows Are Us is the area's premier exterior replacement company for roofs, siding, gutters and downspouts, doors, and of course, windows. If damage isn't your issue and you just want something new, you'll love their no-pressure approach, no hidden fees, and one of the fastest turnaround times in the industry. Why pay twice as much with other companies? Visit the area's premier exterior replacement company at WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. Mention Word FM for an additional 10% off at WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. That's WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com.
12: For tonight, we'll have a shower and thunderstorm around through the evening. Otherwise, it'll be partly cloudy with a low 65. Partly Sunday tomorrow, the high will be 83, a decent August day for most. But in the laurels, there could be an afternoon thunderstorm. Make me clear with the low 63 tomorrow night, then Sunday looks pretty good. We'll have uh, partly sunny sky, and the high will again be 83. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm meteorologist Frank Strite.
0: Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons.
2: Happy to have you with us. Kathy Emmons with Mike Duffy today. John Hall taking a day off. Looking forward to a great weekend. We have a new feature coming up, uh, 5.30, where you can hear some fun stuff to do in the Pittsburgh area. We're going to talk about what happens when public figures fall, with one of my favorite guests, Drew Dick. He'll be with us in just a couple minutes. Um, but before that, you know, it's Friday. We always talk about food and stuff on Friday. And, of course, it's National Ice Cream uh, Sandwich Day. Mike, I hope you will partake.
3: Definitely. Will you? Love an ice cream, ice cream sandwich. Do you, would you buy one at the grocery store? I would. I would. Do you have them in your freezer now? Um, would a Klondike? Does that? Does that I, don't think it, I don't think it's in the same realm.
2: Uh, I feel like it's close, but I don't think it's the same. Yeah, I think you have to have something cakey or cookie-y on either side. I don't think the the melted chocolate or whatever. You're right. I don't think that'll work. I mean, I like a Klondike. What kind of Klondike do you have in your freezer? Oreo. (sighs) It's delicious. It is. That's very, very, very good. How about the combination of Oreo and vanilla ice cream? Who thought of that? That's so
3: smart. I'd like to shake his or her that hand. That is so smart. It, whoever yeah.
2: whoever came up with cookies and cream, I'm just so happy. Anyway, but that's not what we're here to talk about. We're ready. here to talk about, are you ready? Ready. Fasting. What? <laughs> All right, so we know fasting because both of us are believers and because we recognize that fasting has been a part of the church since time immemorial. So yeah. we know that Jesus fasted. We know that the apostles fasted. There were fat, the people... Uh, fasted in the Old Testament. So this is a, a multiple thousand-year-old practice of spiritual discipline, right? And so we know that, you know, why do you do it? Well, there are a bunch of different reasons that you fast. Um, you can fast for strength. You can fast for an answer. You can fast in prayer. You can fast for wisdom or understanding or whatever. Another reason, though, that doesn't get talked about much is just so that we learn to master ourselves. we were not... Um, We're not at the mercy of our desires and we have to live as disciplined people. And that's just another way that we learn discipline. Well, interestingly enough, this idea of fasting is now all over the Internet in conversations about dieting. Now, when we're talking about fasting in in regard to healthy eating, it's definitely in regard to to taking care of your body, not hurting your body. So we're talking about eating disorders like bulimia or anorexia or something like that. That is not fasting. That is, um, that's a psychological disorder that has to do with self-punishment and, you know, a, a wrong assessment of body size or type or just an inappropriate use of the way that we look at food, right? But that's not really what fasting, in fact, that's not at all what fasting is. Um, We've already talked about it from like a spiritual viewpoint, but in reading today, there's a Wall Street Journal piece by uh, Dr. Andreas Michelson. And what does he do? I want to like give his little... um qualifications here. He's a professor at Berlin's Charité University Medical Center, and he's got a new book coming out called The Nature Cure, A Doctor's Guide to the Science of Natural Medicine. All right, so that's his perspective, so you kind of get where he's coming from. Um, But he says that fasting has become big in the weight loss trend area especially in recent years, because it's been endorsed by a lot of A-list celebrities. And of course, there are a bunch of books about it. But it was the eighth, this was surprising to me, Mike, the eighth most Googled diet in America since 2018. Hmm. So it really is what people are talking about. What uh, Dr. Michelson says is that fasting shouldn't be dismissed, though, as just another fad. So he's been helping people with all sorts of chronic conditions who have problems with food. They include diabetes high blood pressure, rheumatism, bowel disease, pain syndromes like migraines or osteoarthritis and all those things. But he said that he has used intermittent fasting, or he calls it time-restricted eating, to help patients who suffer with these things. Okay. So this is the way he looks at it. He advises patients to either omit dinner or breakfast every single day okay, such that they don't ingest any food for at least 14 hours at a stretch. 14 hours. Right. So that's what he's going for. So he said the easiest meal to stop eating is breakfast because if you're going to sleep at night, yeah. if you're sleeping an eight-hour night on average, eight of your hours are already taken care of. yeah, And you just need to come up with the balance. So – um, I bring this up because the idea of fasting has always been interesting to me and I never felt like as a spiritual discipline I was any good at it I don't think I ever I've never really like mass, I don't know if mastered it is even an appropriate way to talk about it but done I've, it consistently yeah done- I've never done it consistently yeah. and I never felt like I got the spiritual component of it mm-hmm. really I mm-hmm. did it but I just didn't yeah. I don't feel like I did it well however um I do not I always try to leave 15 hours where I don't eat. Mm-hmm. I've done that for the last couple of years. So um, I don't eat breakfast. And so I'll eat dinner the night before and then usually nothing after dinner. But sometimes I eat something after dinner. But I try not to eat the next day until it's been 15 hours since I've eaten. Yeah, And I have to tell you, that feels really good to me. That's mm-hmm. like a non-clinical uh, description at the utmost. I mean, there's nothing scientific about it. All I can tell you is it it feels good to me. Um, he goes on to say in this article in the Wall Street Journal that it's healthy to avoid eating late in the evening, to let your body burn energy from food rather than store the energy from food. So he's saying, so if you eat dinner by 7 p.m., that's another four hours that you can add onto to the time that you're sleeping. So he always recommends um, – stopping breakfast which goes in the face of what you were saying in hour one yeah which is that people say well breakfast is the most important meal of the right, day
3: right 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 which i i am crushing his uh his theory here because i never eat breakfast okay I is never, that i didn't know that about i you. hardly ever eat breakfast and when i do have when i eat dinner i mean i don't get home to around 7 7 30 yeah that's when i'm eating dinner but i always thought that eating late the the, the later you eat the worst it is for right. you. I always heard that too. Because you're going to bed and you're not burning the calories. Right. you just. Right, but. right, right. So
2: then you'd think to yourself, it'd be good for me to eat a big breakfast because I'm going to be up all day. Right. Right. And so right. that would be. Well, and he said it can work either way. He said it doesn't really matter. It's just that the 15 or the 14 hours that he recommends. Um, is is what really matters. So mm-hmm. it doesn't really. It doesn't like if you want to skip lunch yeah. or whatever. He said, but if you skip breakfast, it makes lunch the most important meal of your day. Wow! Because you're hungriest because you've been yeah fasting for fourteen hours. Right, and you're also going to be working the whole rest of the day, so you're going to be burning off a lot of those calories at your most active point.
3: The uh, the holistic doctor I go to in Mount Lebanon, he he would put a thumbs up to that, Is because that right his yeah he he always tells me eat a massive lunch mm-hmm. to sustain yourself the rest of the day and eat a small dinner there you go yeah and does he say anything about breakfast he says a light breakfast okay and a large lunch and a, and a, a light dinner why don't you eat breakfast laziness okay did i just you'd rather sleep yeah yeah, so would I. It's,
2: it's terrible, but... Yeah, no, I would rather sleep. I would way rather sleep than eat breakfast. And, and then once I get up,
3: I'm not really hungry. Right. right? I'm just yeah. not... And of course, I pass the Dunkin' Donuts on my way to work, and I'm just like, okay, here we go. But then you're hungry. Yeah. Right, once yeah. you pass the Dunkin' yeah. Donuts. But don't worry, we found out
2: yesterday that they're serving fake meat now. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, if you don't want actual sausage, you can get their fake meat. Anyway, okay, listen to this. Another part of the article talks about this biologist who works in California's Salk Institute. And this biologist has been working. Now, this is only on mice. This is not on humans. Okay. They made this point very, very clear. But they fed a group of mice a high-fat diet around the clock. Okay. Mm. So just like consistent eating. Okay. Then they fed another group the exact same food in the exact same amount of calories, but only in an eight-hour time span. Okay. Okay. So it's the same food ingested. It's just invested in an eight-hour time span as opposed to a 24-hour time span. And the second group was slimmer and healthier for much longer. How about that? Isn't that interesting? So it does seem that there's something to going without food for an extended period of time in your day. Right. Now he says there's a logic to it. When we eat, our body releases insulin that disrupts the process of autophagy. I don't know what that means. But oh, he said he explains it here by which cells deconstruct old damaged components in order to release energy and build new molecules. OK, I'm not going to go into the whole like you yeah. know, biology yeah. about this, but it is an interesting article if you're interested in it. Wall Street Journal by Andreas Michelson. Um, and it just made me think, OK, we talk a ton about food here on Fridays, but we never we rarely talk about eating well. Maybe that's the way we could eat well. And maybe if we eat well, we could eat like more food and enjoy it more, you know, at least better food and enjoy it more. I don't know. I feel good about that. I like it. All right. So fasting, not just for spiritual component, not just for diet component, but maybe for both things. 101.5
4: 101.5 W.O.R.D.
2: Playing Pittsburgh's
1: favorite Christian music on the weekends. With the best new music. New, new. new, music. new music. from Francesca Battistelli, Defender.
6: defender.
1: Enough by Corin Hawthorne. That's
6: enough. That's enough.
1: And I'm Gonna Let It Go from Jason Gray. I'm Gonna Let It Go. The best new music and Pittsburgh's favorites. Sponsored by Trinity Jewelers. 101.5 WORD on the
8: weekend. At Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville, find extreme accessories for all your dirty jobs, like hauling landscape supplies. Protect your vehicle with spray-on bed liners, tonneau covers, weather tech floor liners, and more. Say goodbye to dirt and grime inside and out with extreme detailing. Plus, lift kits, electronics, and remote starters. Always a favorite. Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville for the extreme in all of us at extremetruck.net
9: Wake up and text. Text and eat. Mm -hmm. Text and meet up with a friend you haven't seen in forever.
6: Hi. Oh, hey.
9: Text and complain that they're on their phone the whole time. Uh. Text and listen to them complain that you're on your phone the whole time. Uh. Text and whatever. But when you get behind the wheel, give your phone to a passenger, put it in the glove box, just don't text and drive. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A message from NHTSA and the Ad Council.
10: Most clubs you join require an initiation fee or a club membership, but not the Word FM Discount Shopping Club. No, in our club you save as much as half. half of home improvement services, web design, family entertainment, music festivals, and much more from the comfort of your computer or smartphone. Log on now to wordfm.com slash shopping and God save
12: the green.
2: Hey, because it's Friday, it is always good to talk about the good food that's available at the Spring House. And so we're happy to have Marsha with us. Hey, Marsh, are you there? Oh, Marsh isn't there. Oh, I thought Marsh would be there. Yeah, she is. Oh, no, wait. Hold on. Hold on. Okay. There she is. Marsh, are you there? I'm here. Oh, I just had to hit the button twice. How are you, my friend? <laughs> Good. How are you
13: doing, Gab? Good. Tell me what's going on with Eats at the Springhouse this weekend. Well, it's um, there's no big shakes going on. It's kind of a nice, peaceful weekend, but we are having a really great menu, so I thought I'd tell you oh, about it. Oh,
2: please tell me. I love to hear the menu. <laughs>
13: Okay. And, you know, maybe we've had a lot of new people here lately and and some word listeners. It's been very fun to meet a lot of word listeners and then people from West Virginia and Ohio and, and so a lot of people don't know how it works here because you know we are a little different out here in the country, right? And <laughs> yes, and so um, when you come to the Spring House, it's like old-fashioned cafeteria style. Everything's made from scratch, but you pick and choose what you're hungry for and pay accordingly. We tell everybody the official drink at of the Spring House is chocolate milk. Kathy knows that. Um, we milk our own cows, the best chocolate milk in around. Our salad bars by the pound, and then we have amazing desserts that you should save room for at the end. Oh so. my
2: gosh. <laughs> Did you know What's that your it was favorite
13: of all those things, guest? Well,
2: Alabama vegetable casserole, of course, is at the top, along with well, no, even even more than Alabama vegetable casserole is the coleslaw at the Spring House, which I talked about in laudatory terms yesterday. <laughs> really? Because <laughs> it is maximum delicious. All right, listen, oh. that's just a little bit of what you can look forward to at the Spring House. So find yourself out there. I'm telling you, you're not going to be sorry. happens when the person of public profile falls? I mean, this is a question that I bet if you have any involvement in the church, you have asked yourself a lot. And maybe if you're listening to the program and you've never been in a church and you don't have any belief system at all, you look at every story, one after another, of one pastor who did this and another pastor who did this and one priest who did that. And I mean, this is a common story that we are all too used to hearing, I think it's important and even instructive and helpful for each one of us to step back and say, all right, so wait a minute. It's, it's way too easy to point the finger and say, okay, that guy or that woman, because that that reinforces in our head that the evil is out there. The evil is over there. And what I keep coming back to over and over again is the Solzhenitsyn quote, which is that the line between good and evil, it doesn't cut between nations. It doesn't cut between political parties it goes right in the heart, right through the heart of every man and woman. Look, good and evil is inside all of us. And so pointing at someone and saying, boy, that person sucks or that person, did that, it doesn't help us. I mean, you might recognize it, but if we don't recognize our own tendency towards the same destructive behaviors, then we're nowhere. The story about Josh Harris has been talked about a lot over the last seven to 10 days. Josh Harris, who was the author of I Kiss Dating Goodbye, he hit it enormously big in the publishing world when he was in his early 20s. He penned that book in the, I don't know, maybe 1994, he sold 1.4 million copies. And that became the standard for how a lot of evangelicals looked at dating. So fast forward these 25 years, um, Josh Harris in those intervening years became a pastor. He wrote more books. He got married. He had three kids. And now he's to the point where he publicly came out and said, look, I'm getting a divorce. My wife and I are going to go forward in our lives as friends. And oh, in addition to that, I've decided I am no longer a Christian. Well, to talk about subjects like losing faith and what we can learn when public figures fall, I've invited my friend Drew Dick back on the program. Drew's the editor at Moody Publishers and the former managing editor of Leadership Journal. His work's been featured in USA, today, the HuffPo, Christianity Today, and CNN.com, and he's the author of a spate of great books, Generation X Christian, Yawning at Tigers, and his latest, Your Future Self Will Thank You, Secrets to Self-Control from the Bible and Brain Science. Drew, welcome in.
11: Hey, thanks, Kathy. It's great to be back with you even though um, I'll acknowledge the topic is not exactly a happy one. No, it <laughs> so isn't. I'm grateful to be here.
2: I know, it isn't a happy one. But do you agree with me that if we're always busy pointing at someone else who's screwed up, we're missing anything that we might learn?
11: Absolutely. It may be cathartic to pretend, like you said, that the problem is always out there and point the finger at other people and say, oh, that could never happen to me. But I think the proper response, at least initially, when we hear or see these instances of leaders uh, either walking away from the faith or having some sort of moral failure is to say with humility, there, but for the grace of God, go I, because um, none of us are impervious to these sorts of things, especially if we think we are, that's when we're in real danger.
2: Right. You know, it's weird for me to talk about Josh Harris because he's a he's a person. <laughs> you know, it's not like he's some type <laughs> yeah. of, you know, uh, fictional character or whatever. So I think it's important when we talk about this issue publicly, we acknowledge the fact that he's on his own very personal journey and he's been on our show a bunch and he's been um, very gracious to us. And my sincere hope for him is that like all of us, he's on a journey and um, he's going to be found by Jesus. Like I was, and so that's my hope for him. And um, and so I, I don't want to talk about him in some kind of way that makes him into an amorphous character. Um, but at the same time, he's public, and so public people, you know, I mean, we have to talk about it, especially when a public person like him, who has the role that he had, comes out and says, "Hey, I, I'm no longer a Christian." So first off, Drew, when you heard when you read Josh's um, Instagram statement, what were your thoughts?
11: Yeah, I mean, I. I, too, had some interactions with him throughout the years. It's not like we're BFFs or anything, but we exchanged messages. Uh, When I was at Leadership Journal, he wrote an article for us uh, about going to seminary. He took a very unusual um, journey to seminary. He he was a megachurch pastor for over a decade and then left and went to seminary at 40 years old. So he wrote an article for us called The 40-Year-Old Seminarian, which Mm -hmm. was great. Uh, And my interactions with him have been the same, very gracious, very kind, uh, humble sort of guy. Um, And so, yeah, and I think you're right, though. There is this almost tendency, even for some people who've had interactions with him, because in our little evangelical uh, Christian bubble, he was kind of a larger-than-life character, especially given the fact that he wrote that extremely successful book so early— to kind of just treat him as a figurehead and talk about him in the abstract. Then, of course, like you said, yeah, he's going through uh, what I'm sure has been a really trying ordeal for him. I think in some ways he might have been the victim of uh, having success too early, mm-hmm. uh, especially as a spiritual leader. It's hard enough to be uh, you know, a prominent leader um, uh, when it comes kind of in your late 30s or 40s let alone when you're like 20 years old and all of a sudden you're this uh, nationally renowned teacher. Um, so I think that may have played a part. But at the same time, I wasn't surprised. It really, I mean, I was in his, his instance, but I've heard a lot of these kind of stories. And I don't know if it's a, a veritable trend or if it's just anecdotal, but certainly about moral failings or even church leaders that say, you know what, I've actually lost my faith and I'm walking away. And I'm always grieved when I hear it. Um, but not, I'm less and less surprised all the time. And I think for the rest of us that are looking on, we got to be careful that we don't bind up our faith in, in these people and kind yeah. of you know, assume that if they uh, falter, that somehow uh, maybe it makes our faith less solid, because, of course, our faith is in Christ and His work on the cross and the hope that we have in Him. It's not in any uh, one person, uh, no matter even if those people have been incredibly formative. And yet, I want to be sensitive because I think a lot of people are shaken, especially if it's a leader that you sat under their teaching or read their books or went to their conferences. I understand how unsettling and disorienting the whole experience can be.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And I also think that um, it reminds us that, you know, our faith is a living thing and living things can be injured, right? Yes. And That's just what it is. And life is hard. And, um, you know, I I think what you said about Josh's success is really accurate. I mean, he was he was in the midst of a lot of like at, at the crux of a lot of issues of evangelical attention over the last 20 years. So first it was the homeschool thing, right? He's the oldest of a bunch of kids and he's the son, the oldest son of people who were uh, preeminent in the homeschooling world um, in the 80s. Uh, So that's the first thing, right? Is that there's a homeschooling thing and then there's the dating thing and then there's the sexuality thing. And that of course is what brought him to worldwide attention. And then there's the fact that he became part of you know the non-denominational church movement and became a pastor without having anything theological training. That's another thing, right? Uh, so all yes. of these things mix together. And so when saying, well, how could something like this happen? I think, wow, its I i, I think I'm with you. I'm surprised it didn't happen sooner.
11: Right. And I mean, even when you um, become a ministry leader in a more normal sort of way, uh, that can be tough on your soul. Sure, of course. Um and that's one of the cruel cool ironies, I think, of ministry. And I think there's a, a lesson here, especially for church leaders, um, is to really uh, be attentive to your personal relationship with Christ and your spiritual walk, because that's one of the cruel cool ironies in that you're intending in to other people's souls, to teaching these truths. Sometimes you can neglect your own soul, your own right. relationship with God. And like you said, it's a living thing. I think it's analogous to a marriage. Uh, you can have, a you know, a great marriage initially, but if you don't nurture that and you don't carve out time with each other and, and, and you know, do all the things that it takes to have a healthy marriage, any marriage, no matter how initially strong, will wither and die. And I think it's similar uh, to your spiritual life. And I'm not accusing Josh or any particular leader of neglecting their spiritual life, but I do think that when you become the poster boy for certain movements and ideas and teachings, you um, often the your your personal faith can get hollowed out by that right right uh, at and, least it's and, a big challenge
2: yeah and that's a good point and i feel like i need to clarify drew something i said um before your last statement it by saying I'm surprised it didn't happen sooner I, I'm just acknowledging how that he has traveled a lot of difficult waters and has been at the crux of a lot of fads that have gone through the yeah. evangelical church and so by saying I'm not surprised I just I, I guess I'm just acknowledging that those that's a difficult spot to be in especially when I don't know if we're different, I don't know if the evangelical church is different or maybe we're just like the rest of the world, but we are really fatty in how we look at things and how we kind of latch on to things. And I think that that can make the people who are at the head of those fads in an uncomfortable position.
11: Isn't that true? No, I I think you're exactly right. Sadly enough. Uh, we're no better than any other uh, movement, uh, Christian or otherwise, when it comes to uh, bogus or faddish behavior. Uh, sometimes that's maybe okay, sometimes it isn't. But I think uh, one of the problems, something that's really hard on your faith, is when it becomes increasingly difficult to disentangle your core beliefs from cultural preferences or fads, like you said. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, at a certain point when your, when your beliefs evolve, as they inevitably will, about certain certain uh cultural aspects of things then you have to stop and go okay just wait what's essential here what's inessential and that can be a really tough thing to tease out and josh even in his announcement kind of alluded to some of this where he said well you know he used two terms to describe his decision one was uh deconstruction and the other was falling away um and i think he's kind of probably a little torn about what exactly uh, this whole thing is meant whether it is deconstruction that is kind of taking his beliefs apart and maybe reexamining, reexamining them and perhaps even building them up again? Or is it just throwing it all away? Uh, because sometimes it can be too difficult to do the former and it's maybe easier to do the latter.
2: Right, that's for sure. We're talking to Drew Dick, editor at Moody Publishers and author of a book we're going to talk about coming up in just a little bit called Generation X Christian. We'll talk about what it is that's contributing to not just someone like Josh Harris, but anyone anywhere just deciding, you know what? I don't believe it anymore. All right, but we're going to take a break. Coming up next, we've got a brand new segment called The Friday Feature. Stay tuned for it. Fun stuff for your weekend. Hey, before you know it, we'll be back in a session as far as school goes. But, you know, we're halfway through the summer, and it's probably a good time to reflect on what the school year was like. And so we can see how the summer's going and then look ahead to the fall. Well, I have a daughter who's between her sophomore and junior year at Grove City College, and so she's now halfway through her summer job. It's given us a good chance to evaluate how her last semester at Grove City impacted what she's doing this summer. And, you know, I'm really, really happy about it. And it's not just that she's utilizing stuff that she learned in the classroom as much as it is that I can see that she's learned how to integrate her faith with book knowledge. And it's all coming together so that when she's in the workplace, she's actually... I don't know. She's thinking differently. She's functioning better. I really think the training she's getting at Grove City is making a big difference at work.
8: I agree, Kath. My son will be becoming a senior at Grove City College this year. And you see, you see the growth in your child's life from a senior in high school to a senior in college. He's an intern at a local robotics company here in the city of Pittsburgh. I'm excited for him. And I know that many of those powers, much of the strength that he's derived, has come from those last three years at Grove City College. So you as a parent thinking about your child and what the future holds, both Kath and I would recommend you take a good look at Grove City College for the future growth of your child, not only in intellectual growth, but as a Christian as well, GCC. Edu, Grove City College. We're surrounded by noise, bombarded by information,
1: messages struggling to get attention, so many ways to reach customers. Your message needs to cut through and stand out for the resources and know-how to make it all work. There's Salem Surround. Get started with a free evaluation of your digital presence and some great ideas to increase your online visibility and revenue. Learn more at surroundpittsburgh.com, surroundpittsburgh.com. Connecting you with new
12: customers.
3: Guess what time it is?
1: I've been waiting all day for this. It is time now for today's one thousand dollars daily cash giveaway. Word FM, word of the day. Are you having fun with words?
6: It's going to give away a thousand dollars in cash to somebody.
1: Remember these words
2: the word fm word of the day is zambelli enter the word zambelli online at wordfmcom forward slash cash and you'll have a chance to win a thousand dollars again the word fm word of the day is zambelli z-a-m-b-e-l-l-i
5: zambelli then i saw heaven opened and behold A white horse. The Word of God Audio Bible is a radio drama of the New Testament. Word for word from Scripture, voiced by some of Hollywood's biggest names. Own this 22-hour audio New Testament. Log on to wordofgodaudiobible.com. And for a limited time, you can download the audio Gospel of Mark free. Visit wordofgodaudiobible.com. So how
9: was your breakfast this morning? Was it magnificent or just meh? You could have enjoyed a little morning comfort at the Bistro To Go Cafe, like their simply delicious signature sugar pecan French toast, a savory Tuscan or farmer-style breakfast bowl, or a daily chef-crafted special. Bistro To Go Cafe will always get your morning off to a delicious and healthy start. Have a great day with Bistro To Go on the north side. See what's cooking at bistro-to-go.com.
12: Or tonight, we'll have a shower and thunderstorm around through the evening. Otherwise, it'll be partly cloudy with a low 65. Partly sunny tomorrow, the high will be 83, a decent August day for most, but in the laurels, there could be an afternoon thunderstorm. Being to clear with the low 63 tomorrow night, then Sunday looks pretty good. We'll have a partly sunny sky, and the high will again be 83. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm meteorologist Frank Strite.
2: the Friday feature is a segment dedicated to the finer things. Each week, we'll give you a few recommendations of fun stuff you might consider that'll get you out of your house and off your screen as your weekend approaches. The Friday feature this week is tacos. Hey, are you tired of cooking in the mood for something different? Well, listen, get out of your house this weekend because Pittsburgh is the 2019 Food City of the Year, according to AF and Company. The options abound, and it's hard to even narrow it down. But if you're thinking of tacos, I've got two recommendations for you, places I've gotten outstanding meals just within the last couple weeks. First off smoke the hip barbecue taqueria on butler street in lawrenceville that'll make you happy you waited in line which you'll probably have to do and there's a reason why listen to me you're gonna love it it's incredible start off with the original queso and chips I don't even like queso, and I loved it. Then go for the Gringo Taco with smoked beef, cheddar, and avocado cream with some smoky, rich potato salad. Or, if tacos aren't your thing, go for meat on a plate. Pork, chicken, or beef with one of the other delish sides. Or, check out their very good-looking vegetarian menu. Now, smoke isn't cheap, it's cash-only, and it's pretty loud. But, if you are like yourself some barbecue, I promise you won't come away disappointed. Second, I stumbled into El Campesino because I was stuck running errands on McKnight Road and was all of a sudden hungering. And listen, I ended up with three fish tacos that blew my mind. And if you listen to the show, you know how picky I am about fish tacos. Dinner came with a great bean rice side dish, homemade chips, and a very serviceable salsa, and all for a great price, served by great people. So how could I have driven past this place for multiple years and never stopped in? So listen, try them out. Smoke's on Butler Street in Lawrenceville, and El Campesino is on McKnight in the North Hills. And that's your Friday feature. Get out and enjoy your city. 1.5
4: W.O.R.D.
1: Playing Pittsburgh's favorite Christian music on the weekends with the best new music. New music music from Francesca Battistelli, Defender. defender. Enough by Corin Hawthorne. And I'm Gonna Let It Go from Jason Gray. I'm gonna let it go. The best new music and Pittsburgh's favorites. Sponsored by Trinity Jewelers.
5: 101.5 WORD on the weekend. Do you find yourself struggling to get comfortable while trying to read or watch TV in bed? Consider an adjustable bed from the Original Mattress Factory and elevate your sleep experience. Raise your head and feet to the zero gravity position to help relieve joint pressure and provide optimal comfort. The Original Mattress Factory offers two models of high quality adjustable beds at an excellent value. Both models are designed to pair perfectly with an original mattress. Visit an Original Mattress Factory location near you to find the perfect adjustable bed and mattress for you.
4: Sleep impacts your ability to focus, learn, and solve problems. But according to Harvard Medical School, only 11% of American college students are sleeping well. At the Original Mattress Factory, we can't guarantee that your college student won't stay up until 3 a.m. cramming before a big exam. But we can provide a hand-built, high-quality mattress at a factory-direct price when they are finally ready to get some rest. Visit an Original Mattress factory store near you or go to OriginalMattress.com to learn more.
9: Eating, working, living pain-free. These are a few of the things many of us take for granted. Yet for many United States military veterans, finding and affording oral health care is a challenge many of us don't think about. Dental Lifeline Network is looking for dentists who can change this. DLN is asking dentists and their teams to volunteer to see one veteran with special needs one time per year.
8: Visit WillYouSeeOneVet.org to learn more. That's WillYouSeeOneVet.org. Recent storms have done a number on Pittsburgh's homes and businesses. If you've had damage to your roof, windows, siding or gutters and downspouts, you may be eligible to get them replaced or repaired free of charge. All you have to do is visit WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com for a free inspection from one of their highly trained appraisers. With over 50 years in home remodeling, Windows Are Us is the area's premier exterior replacement company for roofs, siding, gutters and downspouts, doors and, of course, windows. If damage isn't your issue and you just want something new, you'll love their no-pressure approach, no hidden fees and one of the fastest turnaround times in the industry. Why pay twice as much with other companies? Visit the area's premier exterior replacement company at WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. Mention Word FM for an additional 10% off at WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. That's WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com.
2: What can we learn when public figures fall? If we're too busy pointing at them and saying, I can't believe they did that. I can't believe they think that. What a total disappointment. We miss out on the fact that all of us are together in this, right? We're all human beings and we all have negative tendencies. And one of those negative tendencies is to fall away. I mean, how many biblical characters have we read who fell away? We all have the capacity to do this. So as we talk about Josh Harris, and and I'm striving to do that respectfully, because I, I really like Josh a lot. And he's been very kind to John and I on the show. And um, of course, I want the very best for him. And I'm hoping that this is just a, a blip on his journey, um, where, uh, where he, he re what he re understands um, the love that Jesus has for him and the reality of that but um, to talk about losing faith and what we can kind of get from this story and really put to good use I've invited Drew Dick Uh, Drew's an editor at Moody Publishers the former managing editor of Leadership Journal we talked to him um, last segment and this is part two Uh, Drew welcome back my friend
11: Hey, thank you for having me
2: on. Okay, so um, you wrote a book called Generation X Christian. And Drew, you spent a lot of time dissecting what has happened to all of the kids who've grown up in the church and end up leaving. There are a couple studies that you talk about. I just want to start out with these numbers. Rainier Research says that 70% of youth leave church by the time they're 22 years old. And the Barna Group estimates that 80 of those reared in the church will be disengaged by the time they are 29. Drew, what's happening?
11: Yeah, it's, it's really bad. Those numbers are, are frightening, especially if you're like me and you um, have kids that you're trying to raise in the church in the faith. Uh, the prospect of them leaving in their late teens and early 20s is all too real. Um, now, some of them, hopefully, by the grace of God, uh, will circle back uh, and, and uh, kind of reaffirm or embrace the faith uh, in later years. But as we've seen, that, that was the assumption uh, that, that that would happen for most of them, but we've seen uh, kind of the opposite trend, where a lot of them are staying away in droves as well as leaving. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's uh, really disconcerting. When I wrote my book, and it's been a few years now on this, uh, the number of young adults in the United States claiming to have no religion was 22%. And that was quite alarming to people because in 1990 it was at 11 percent, so it like doubled in the space of you know not even two decades. Hmm. Well, some people told me, you know what? That's just an anomaly. It's going to come back down. It won't remain at 22 percent. The latest polls, you know, if you look at Pew or Gallup or Barna, uh, put the numbers at about 34 to 36 oh percent of gosh. young adults, 18 to 30, now claim to have no religion, and the Majority of those were raised in at least nominally Christian households. So yeah, it it is alarming, and uh, I think it's something we need to pay attention to.
2: Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about the reasons. I mean, I'm sure that some people who are in that age group don't want to talk about it. I, I know a ton of people in this age range, and there's a lot of cynicism. Um, I think in in relation to the church. But for people who have talked and communicated, what do we know? What are the factors that have figured into this shift?
11: Yeah, sure. And basically what I did, my, my approach was super unscientific. I just put out the, the, the word to, you know, first of all, people that I'd heard about yeah. that had maybe been on this journey. I, you know, uh, put it on Facebook, everything. But, you know, what? I was actually surprised that I, I had a lot of people, dozens in the end, that said I'd love to tell my story. I think especially uh, it's probably less threatening when it's a stranger uh, rather than, say, a parent or uh, someone in your family. Uh, but I found they were actually pretty willing to talk. And I was trying to be a good journalist, so I, like, I, I love to argue, I joke, but I was like, okay, i got to bite my tongue and mm-hmm. just hear them out. And there was something, I think, powerful about that. A few of them just said, it's so good to have someone listen to my whole story and just, like, articulate what happened. Um, and so, yeah, it, and it was, it was sad because a lot of them fell into the camp of, of people that I would say were hurt in one way or another uh, by their experience in the church or in a Christian family. And so what happens is when they get older, God kind of becomes guilty by association because okay. they had terrible experience with a pastor or, you know, someone like that, and they, they kind of throw it all out. Um, and then there were others that kind of had adopted it, sort of a more postmodern view of truth, and so they kind of go, hey, listen, you know, spirituality isn't really a matter of reason, you know, every, every path leads to God, that kind of stuff, and they just ended up rejecting the exclusive claims of Christianity. And I think in those cases, it's really important to understand um, what you believe and why you believe uh, if you want to have fruitful conversations with those people. And the main thing, though, that I found time and time again, for most people who walk away from their faith, the faith of their childhood anyway, the break often happened in the context of relationship. They're, you know, maybe they felt alienated at their Christian college or betrayed by a Christian friend, or there was a certain pastor that they had bad experience with. And so if we, you know, as Christians who are concerned about these folks, um, if we're going to see them come back and give it another try at least, I think it's going to happen in the context of a good relationship. If you're that person that they can turn to when they want to have that spiritual conversation, or when they are in a crisis and are open to exploring, uh, to be that person they turn to is a huge privilege.
2: Wow, that that surprises me a bit. I thought you were going to say that the overwhelming reason in um, throughout your study was that evangelicals were too tied to politics. I wasn't expecting that it would be relationship-based.
11: Yeah, well, and that often is, that's a big thing, okay? And, and I will say, like, you know, going back to the, the moral maturity, um, I won't get into all of that, but it's, It has definitely had a negative—it's been a PR problem for Christianity with the younger generation, let's put it that way—the sort of uh, combination of conservative politics and uh, evangelical faith. Uh, And that's something that would come up, certainly. But another thing I learned is that often the presenting issue isn't the real issue. Like, for instance, I talked to one young woman, and and she— You know, came out with all these objections to Christian faith, and you could tell she'd been reading some of these new atheists like Richard Dawkins and Chris Hitchens, and and she had a pretty elaborate case against God. But then, after about an hour of our conversation, then she came clean with this this story where she had um, been uh, had this awful, awful experience in her youth group, and it was only after that that she actually walked away from her faith, and then in the subsequent years, she built this kind of intellectual case against God. And so the terrifying thing, to me at least, is that you can encounter someone like that, engage them at the level of the intellectual, and even, you know, regardless of how well you do in countering their their objections, you may or may not be even addressing the real issue which is often emotional and psychological mm. and relational. Interesting. So, yeah, it's just important to leave with your ears when it comes to this um, and really hear people out and understand where they are before you just jump in and argue or assume to know why they left the faith. Um, yeah, really important, as it is in all things, to listen.
2: Drew Dick is with us. Drew's an editor at Moody Publishing and former managing editor of Leadership Journal. He's the author of Generation X Christian, which is the book we're talking about now. But also his latest is Your Future Self Will Thank You, Secrets to Self-Control from the Bible and Brain Science. All right. So in our closing minutes, Drew, um, take us back to the Josh Harris story. I, I mean, what does a story like his and an Instagram uh, statement like he made mean to people who have left the church, these, nun- these N-O-N-E-S, the nuns that you're talking about?
11: Well, yeah, I just I think a lot of people, and this is what I saw in the comments, they saw in, in, in his story their story, because mm-hmm. maybe they grew up in, in the evangelical church, and maybe they had a, a sort of fundamentalist uh, uh, context or church or family life, And they realized as they grew older, they were becoming more uncomfortable with certain parts of it, sort of like Josh was um, with some of the things that he even taught. Uh, And then for some of them, just like him, it it put them on this trajectory where they ended up leaving the faith altogether, which, of course, is really too bad because, like I was saying earlier, often you have to disentangle your faith from the culture in which you were raised, and that can be good and healthy. Uh, The tragedy, I think, is when people... Just seem incapable of teasing those things apart, and then they reject it all. Um, And so, and yet, I think for those of us that are kind of looking on, um, obviously still retaining our faith in God, I I think it's important not to lose hope. Uh, Like you said um, about Josh, that you hope that he he kind of comes back and re examines the faith and realizes that Jesus loves him um, and re engages. Uh, That's my my prayer for him Uh, and all of these people that walk away because. Yeah, and I go back to, to Scripture on this, man, like the story of Jesus, the good shepherd, leaving the 99 to go after the one that wandered away. Uh, that the, the terrible mathematics of grace, right? You're, yes. you're listening seen the 99, yeah. but that's God's heart for the people that wander yeah. away. That's God's heart for those who leave, and it needs to be ours as well. Uh, yeah. We don't want to sit back and go, hey, be dismissive, indifferent. We want to pursue them.
2: Right. And, you know, I hesitate even bringing this up because we only have a minute left. It's just unfair, but I have to. I also think it's important to say, Drew, that when we talk about someone um, who we long to come back to the faith— I want to make sure that we remind ourselves that we're not asking him to come back to a denomination or a set of doctrines or to come back, quote unquote, to the gospel. This is a person. The person of Jesus is the one who calls us. And our allegiance is to him. And whatever our system of understanding is, it's going to be imperfect, and it's going to be incomplete. Um, And part of faith is a mystery, but it's really the relationship with him. It's not some kind of, I don't know, some kind of weird allegiance where we turn our theology into an idol.
11: Yes. Oh, that's so well said and such a good word, because that's what a lot of people need to hear, especially parents whose kids have walked away. Often they, they want to have these arguments with their kid about morality or politics. Those aren't the hills you want to die on. Those are proxy wars. Avoid them at all costs just save your words for affirming that you love them uh, and then talking about the heart of the gospel, mm-hmm. which, yes, is a person. It's Jesus. And and, and pray for them uh, and keep the conversation going at all
2: costs. Yeah, I like that. Keep the conversation going. Drew, I can't thank you enough. I really do. You're a wonderful presence on Twitter. You make me laugh. Oh, thank goodness. Someone makes <laughs> oh, me laugh on Twitter. Well, oh, thank you. God. a bunch of
11: Silly bad jokes, but hey, God bless
2: you. I like it.
9: Providence Presbyterian Church, Washington Alliance Church, Bethlehem Lutheran Church, St. John the Baptist Church, Impact Christian Church, The Bible Chapel. What do all these churches from various denominations have in common? Nello Construction. Design and build with one company. Nello Construction. Full-service construction from the ground up. Renovation. Expansion. Nello Construction. The choice for churches.
1: See the projects. Begin the journey at NelloConstruction.com. At Extreme Car
8: and Truck in Bridgeville, find extreme accessories for all your dirty jobs, like hauling landscape supplies, Protect your vehicle with spray-on bed liners, tonneau covers, weather tech floor liners, and more. Say goodbye to dirt and grime inside and out with extreme detailing. Plus, lift kits, electronics, and remote starters. Always a favorite. Extreme car and truck in Bridgeville. For the extreme in all of us. At extremetruck.net.
9: Washington County parents, you have a choice in your child's education. So why not consider a private Christian school that's been serving the community for nearly 40 years? At Central Christian Academy in Houston, pre-K through 8th grade students receive the comprehensive education they need to propel them to the top of the class in high school and beyond. Central Christian Academy creates model student leaders other kids look up to. Students prepared for a world that needs Jesus.
8: Schedule a private tour and learn more at cca.school.com. Hey, it's John Hall. So a while back, the folks at My Pillow said, "Hey, John, can you try out a My Pillow and let us know what you think?" I was skeptical. I mean, it's a pillow, but what did I have to lose, right? I'll tell you what I lost: interrupted sleep, no more folding the pillow in half, no more flat, lifeless pillows. It changed my life. So I'm letting you know: you need My Pillow. Well, not my actual pillow, but your own My Pillow. It stays cool all night long. No more waking up at 3 a.m. to flip to the cool side of the pillow. It keeps its shape. No more reshaping your pillow in the middle of the night. It comes with a 60-day money-back guarantee. Try it. Don't like it? Return it. My pillow comes with a 10-year warranty. Do you have a pillow that comes with a 10-year warranty? You can toss a my pillow into your washer and dryer. It's like new again. Get a two-pack of my pillows premiums for 69.98. That's only 34.99 per pillow. The lowest price ever offered on radio or TV. This offer is only available at mypillow.com or call 391-0954. Use promo code word.
9: No. Nobody should have to pay for one-size-fits-all insurance. Liberty Mutual customizes your coverage so you only pay for what you need. Go to LibertyMutual.com for a customized quote, and you could save. Liberty,
7: Liberty, Liberty,
4: Liberty. Premature birth is the number one killer of babies. Those who survive often face birth defects and complications that affect them for life. For hundreds of thousands of families in the United States, this is the hardest thing they will ever have to face. And it's even harder on The baby. March of Dimes is providing education and support to families and funding life-saving research to give every baby a fighting chance. You can help. Do something today. Give them tomorrow at marchofdimes.org/tomorrow.
2: I'm scared of wave pools.
3: You're scared of wave pools. I'm scared of wave pools. Are you? Are you scared of wave pools? <laughs> now, now I am, you know, I, I, it's pathetic. But Now that I have brought it up. Well, no, it, it's, I was just thinking about this the other day, because when I was probably, well, in, in my late 20s, yeah, I would do a wave pool anytime. I'd be like, yeah, let's do it. Now that I have a kid, now that I'm a parent, now I'm just like worried about like scraping my knee. Doesn't it freak you out it, a little? It, Doesn't a wave pool freak you out a little?
2: yeah. I, uh, yeah. I think of drowning every time. I'm telling you. And I'm not saying any of the local wave pools in Pittsburgh have anything wrong with them or there are any safety concerns whatsoever. I am saying that I have a psychological issue and I'm afraid of wave pools. Okay? (laughs) I just am. I think it had to do with me taking my kids to them when they were little. And you just feel totally out of control. like They're going to drown in front of you. Anyway, that's why when I saw the story in the Trib yesterday, I thought this is the stuff of nightmares. A tsunami pool. What? Yes, that's what it's called in northeast China. It's called a tsunami pool, which should have been your first clue that something bad was going to go <laughs> yeah. down. Yeah, it's t- it titled that. Bad. Okay, there was a malfunction there this week.
3: Jeez, oh, you know what happened? <laughs> <laughs> Please tell me the wave doubled. Like- it like quadrupled.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Why are you laughing? <laughs> <That's> because... <laughs>
3: That's not an appropriate thing to laugh I at. I hope somebody gets got a video of this.
2: There's a video. Is it really? Yes. It's terrifying. Okay. There was some kind of malfunction. They're saying it was um they're saying the incident was caused by a power cut that damaged electronic equipment in the tsunami pool control I gotta room, look this up. Which led to the waves in the tsunami pool becoming too big and injuring people. Forty four oh people God. were injured. As of this writing Five of them are in the hospital oh my because gosh. of the tsunami pool I'm telling you it's sickening if you watch the video we'll post it on Facebook listen it's really short because there' that some dudes just like taking a normal video of the thing and all of a sudden the trying wave is like out. enormous and like comes over the side that every people start running oh it's my not goodness. normal behavior it's not p- waves shouldn't be in pools I'm just trying to warn you all gosh. All right. Have yourself a great weekend. If you're going to go to a pool, just like, you know, keep your head about you. Have a great weekend, Pittsburgh. See you back here Monday.
12: The
10: Ride Home with John and Kathy, a production of Salem Media Group.